Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The European Le Mans Series on RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody and welcome along. I'm John Hindoff. Uh, as you probably know, unless you've been living under a rock for a, a wee while, the European Series for Sports Car Racing, the big series, all starts this weekend at Silverstone. And of course, RadioLeMond.com will be there to cover the ELMS and the WEC. We thought it would be a good idea before that uh, gets underway to give you our usual look at the two series. Graham Goodwin, the editor of DailySportsCar.com, joins me uh, this evening to have a look through the runners and riders and for no other reason than I've got this one set up at the moment. Let's start with the ELMS. It is the first race of the weekend on Saturday, four hours. And let's start with what, Graham is a very healthy GT grid, uh, GTE with nine cars. Absolutely fantastic. And I have to say I wasn't quite expecting perhaps that many cars again this year, it's all looking rather good. It is, and, and somehow they've waved the magic wand and, uh, and managed to squeeze out a very good GT entry indeed. As you say, John, nine cars. That's as good as we have anywhere else uh, in the world in a single class. Let's re- remind listeners that this is a GTE class, but basically runs GTM rules. Uh, that means you can run uh, any car, any uh, car, up to and including the current spec of car, uh, but you've got to have an amateur driver in the car. The big change this year um, for GTE, and for that matter for GTC as well, is that no tyre battle. Yeah. Uh, it will be Dunlop spec rubber uh, for the season. Uh, there'll be a change from what we saw at the pre-season tests in that uh, Dunlop are, are catching up quickly uh, with what's required and we'll be bringing some new tyres for both GTE and GTC uh, to Silverstone. So you can expect to see order restored from the dominance we saw from some of the GT3 cars on the long straights from uh, Paul Ricard. But nine GTE cars, great result for Gerard Navoni's team. And actually what I think we're beginning to see, John, is a bit more variety as well. So whilst uh, still numerically the, the Ferraris dominate, uh, actually, what we've got is a kind of nice a bit of variation as we kind of work our way down through the uh, through the list. Well, let's talk about Ferrari. And if you talk about Ferrari and sports car racing, you're talking about AF Corsa. Uh, five of the six Ferraris on the grid uh, are effectively under their auspices. Three under their team name, and the Formula Racing and the AT Racing team are run from their awning from their factory as well. Absolutely right. Uh, six Ferraris on the list. You're quite right. Five of them come from the, the very hard-working team uh, from AF Corsa. I think it's something. Is it ten cars? I think running across the two races this weekend. Amazing. We'll get to with some GTC cars. Plus, uh, in fact, it's rather more than that. Think about it. Uh, it's rather more than that, including the GT cars in the WEC as well. But uh, five cars and some some cracking drivers. I mean, for, um, the Ferrari guys and AF Corsa. I've done a remarkable job of kind of collecting around them this kind of this group of 
drivers that perhaps aren't household names, but that put in remarkable stints in the, the wheels of GT cars. I mean, Matt Griffin will be very familiar, of course, to uh, to Radio Le Mans listeners. But um, but Matt, uh, again, features uh, near miss, of course, with the title last year with Duncan Cameron. They're back again and with uh, Aaron Scott joining them. So an all British driver lineup in the 55 car. They'll be looking to put right um, what they uh, they hoped for and expected last year and to, to get that title. But alongside them, the 51 car, Matteo Cressoni is the, the wheelman there with Raffaele Maria, Peter Mann uh, is the amateur driver in the 51 car, which I think is one of the ex-pro uh, uh, cars from WEC last year. Oh. You'll see that when you see the livery. Uh, in the third of the Air Corsa cars, and it's a, a man that we're getting very used to talking about, John, uh, with uh, with both the, the shows and with commentary, is uh, Steve Wyatt, Australian, of course. Uh, carries very proud of the kangaroo on his cars with Michele Rugolo and Rui Aguash. Now, there's a couple of drivers to conjure with in terms of the speed that they can squeeze out of Ferrari. Um, Formula Racing take a step up this year. They're the, that's the 60 car run, as you say, John, quite correctly from the AF Corsa camp, uh, which is uh, Johnny Larson and uh, Mikkel Mack. Uh, they stepped up from GTC. No uh, Jan Magnussen alongside them this this time. Uh, it's uh, named this time out as Andrea Rizzoli, but I think we expect to see Andrea Pacini in that car for much of the season. Yeah. Let's wait and see whether or not Andrea actually shows up in that one. And the final car from the Italian stable, uh, because we've got one further Ferrari to talk about, of course, is the AT Racing car. And this is father and son, uh, Alexander Tuganitsa, junior and senior. Hence uh, AT, the, of course. With the astonishingly rapid Alessandro Pueguidi yes. uh, alongside them. And I think he's going to be uh, one to watch throughout the season. Uh, the the other one, as you mentioned, are delighted to welcome back again Jim McWhirt as JMW Motorsport and a very different looking driver lineup for 2015. Well, yeah, I mean, George Richardson is back and he impressed last year. This is uh, a team that, that did pretty well through the season last year. We're always in the mix. Uh, they're back on the Dunlop rubber. We remember them with, uh, you know, down through the years as the development team for Dunlop before Jim made the switch to Michelin. Uh, but George is back. Uh, but alongside him, John, is a driver I think you know better than I do um, through touring car days, and that's Sam Tordoff uh, is another star name there. Yeah, Sam Tordoff and indeed uh, uh, ex-Carrera Cup man Rob Smith. In fact, Tordoff ran in Carrera Cup uh, as well uh, as Sam Tordoff. Uh, Sam with connections to the JCT 600. That's his family business, if you like. And Sam's a decent peddler. And as I say, he's done... GT racing, albeit in a sprint format in the past, with uh, a bit of Carrera Cup work, as has Rob Smith. And actually, do you know what? That's not a bad lineup because George will marshal the other two quite nicely. He's got the experience of the of the racing, and Jim's a clever guy, and that'll be a beautifully turned out car and a well run car. And whilst they've got the might of AF against them to even become best of the Ferraris, never mind best of anything. Um, I still think they'll put up a decent, uh, a decent, uh, a decent uh, performance for themselves. Yep, there's a lot of wisdom on the pit wall for them Good as point. well. Tim, Tim Sugden uh, continues as the team manager there, but new race engineer uh, there for JMW as well. And I think it's going to be a bit of a fan favourite as well. They've made a subtle change, but a, but a telling one in the colour scheme. The, the bits, the flashes of white last year replaced by a, a chrome this year, and it looks stunning in the sunshine at uh, Paul Ricard. And uh, I'm expecting the 66 car to go very well indeed. And, and there you go, the six cars there. 
a battle of the Ferraris, but we've got three more for Silverstone that uh, don't wear the prancing horse, John. A front-engined car that I want to talk about first, Graham, and I suppose the car that perhaps you and I thought we wouldn't see racing in Europe and certainly not racing in a ACO-sanctioned race, that being a BMW Z4 GTE, developed, of course, from a GT3 car, many waivers to race in IMSA, but this is a brand-new car built specially for uh, Mark VDS and numbering Andy Prio among the driving talent. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Mark VDS, uh, quality team. This is a quality car. It's a car that's never raced. It's been prepared from uh, what was a test chassis and is, in effect, a brand-new car this year. Um, two very quick drivers there. Andy Prio needs zero introduction to listeners of this show. Uh, Jesse Krohn uh, perhaps needs a little bit more introduction, but a very quick young man there too and uh, Henry Hasid uh, no you know mean pedal man as the the am driver in the in the mix but uh, the thing I think about this car John is it does sound absolutely stunning uh, it was the, one of the first cars out in the test session the first time I've actually seen one of these cars running in Europe and uh, running solo around Paul Ricard the thing just sounded like uh, you know like the devil was chasing it uh, it's going to be I think a bit of a fan favourite uh, certainly amongst the Ferraris and uh, when Mark VDS can actually dial out the, the gremlins from this car my guess would be that this is going to be very much a front runner through the season uh, so one to watch uh, the, the BMW Z4 GTE we won't see this car at Le Mans um, but we will see it through the ELMS season this year uh, it's a sh- in some ways of course it's a shame that we won't see it at Le Mans uh, but we know of the issues with this car. It is right on the very edge of uh, homologation, always has been, because it came uh, from a, a GT3 car. Andy will certainly, I mean, he is just raring to go as his uh, debut in the British Touring Car Championship, plunk, plunking, planting the WSR BMW, the IHG Rewards Club-sponsored car on pole position uh, in his first outing back in the BTCC. He's doing three very different programs in three very different BMWs this year and he wants to succeed uh, in all of them. Uh, no Aston Martin I'm afraid. Uh, Roald Gother has gone for the WEC run but Mike Wainwright another great supporter of GT Racing has the 911 RSR uh, the 86 car coming back to the series and that at least is a car that's running in the light blue and Etruscan orange colours that will instantly make it a fan favourite. It just looks gorgeous, doesn't it? And uh, alongside uh, Mike will be Adam Carroll once again, but also the addition of the very, very rapid Phil Keane. And uh, Phil's making his comeback to the ELMS after racing uh, Formula Le Mans car for Neil Garner Engineering a few years back. And before that, uh, some outings in Martin Short's LMP1 Pescarolo and bumped into Phil. Uh, very briefly at uh, Paul Ricard, having had his run in this car before to to, uh, to jet off for another engagement, but uh, absolutely bubbling over with enthusiasm for this car. Uh, you know, telling me he thinks it's 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 the best GT car he's ever driven. Uh, comparing very favourably as a pure driver's car to the GT3 machinery we've seen him in more uh, in more recent years. But uh, I would expect that this will be all down to. What kind of speed and consistency can we get from the gentleman driver, Mike Wainwright, the car owner? Uh, if we can get some good runs out of Mike, then I would expect 
this car to be right up there and certainly be right up there in the hands of both those pro drivers. Uh, last but not least, uh, another great fan favourite and great stalwart of the series. The 88 means it must be the Proton Porsche, and it is. And it is Reid Alcabezi and Bachler back again. Now, interestingly, these guys are doing both the LMS and FIA at Silverstone. Is this the same car that's that's doing both? I Can they even do that? I don't know. Well, the genuine answer is, I would have thought it probably wouldn't be, but I know no different, uh, because we didn't see them at the ELMS test, and I never got a moment to speak to Christian during the FIWEC prologue. So my assumption at the moment is it might very well be, but that does seem pretty extraordinary stuff. That would be a heck of a lot of running for that Porsche over the uh, the, the three days of the meeting, John. But uh, the three guys clearly getting uh, an opportunity to get more track time, perhaps going for the, a double title, that would be a great to see um, nothing wrong with that trio it has to be said the rsr proving to be uh, a far more wieldable weapon than the 911 gt3 rsr was prior to that um thomas backler as quick as anybody at the wheel of this car uh, christian reed as solid as they come and Khaled Alcabezi dialing himself in nicely and putting in i thought a couple of stunning runs last yeah, year great um oddly enough particularly in the wet um from Khaled, uh very good in the wet indeed because so he gets so much see. of that in his home country obviously <laughs> absolutely but uh you know we'll we'll wait and see what comes of this one and a few more uh, you know, uh, T's to cross and uh, I's to dot in terms of the, the effort, full season or no, same car or no. Uh, but proton competition, quality team, Christian Reed, absolute gentleman, uh, Klaus Backler and Claude Alcabezi, uh, great to have on any grid. And I think that completes a very tidy nine, John. And a nine, Graham, that have absolutely no fillers in it. It is fair to say that any of those nine could certainly be on the podium at any given race. And... Yeah, pretty much all of them, certainly seven of them, six of them surely could be a race winner. Uh, yeah, I think you're quite right. And uh, better still, with the quality of the pros that we've actually got mm. uh, yeah, fielded here, that any of them could actually at any point lead races and be a factor. And I think that's just as important. It is, again, we'll say, be saying this, I'm sure, time and time again through the season, John, it is going to be about how good, how consistent, how quick, how safe... Uh, how steady is your gentleman driver? Yep. And that's, I think, where listeners and uh, race watchers should be looking uh, what should be looking for. If you're sitting trackside and you've got access on whatever device you've got to live timing, keep an eye uh, in the practice sessions on the times for the gentleman drivers because that's the time you really want to be looking at. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's one of the great things about this championship is that the opportunity for the gent for the non-pro driver, I know some of them don't like being called gentlemen, the sportsman driver, the non-pros, to make the difference. We accept that the pros are all pretty damn good and will all be within half of a tenth or a tenth of each other. It's the speed, but more specifically, I think, the consistency uh, from the sportsman driver that will make the difference. And the same, I mean, you know, the same can be said in the GTC, although there are some uh, am-am mixers in there as well. We've got half a dozen GTC cars, perhaps not as many as we might have expected. These are full house FIA GT3 cars, of course. Again, Ferraris, again, 3AF Corsa cars uh, in that Um, and well there's there's some interesting driver combinations here isn't there 
Well, there are. I mean, amongst the Ferraris, uh, three three uh, GT3 Ferraris, you're quite right, John. Um, I think the most interesting one of the lot is the fact that we've got an entire um, three-man FIWEC crew on the grid in GTC, but in two different cars. Uh, because in the 62 car, we've got uh, the uh, gentleman driver, Thomas Fleur, is uh, sharing with Stuart Hall, making a very rare appe- appearance in a Ferrari. Mm. Alongside and he's his looking w- forward to it as well, as very we found much, out that it's record. He quite likes red overalls, I think. Um, and uh, <laughs> alongside uh, Stewie Hall is going to be Francesco Castellacci, a previous FIA GT3 uh, European champion, Francesco, and also Stuart Hall's teammate in the Gulf Racing Aston Martin in the WEC. And we'll come on to the third man in that car, who's in a completely different GTC car uh, on this grid just a little later. But I think that's quite an interesting crew. It's all about, I think, their... Uh, these guys learning a little bit more about each other, um, beginning to gel for what's going to be a, a very busy season for Stewie and Francesco. Uh, but I think that one could be one to watch. And again, keep an eye on Thomas Fleur and what uh, kind of uh, times he could actually squeeze out. Of the other two, mm. the one I think to watch is the 63 car. Stands out, car. doesn't it? Marco Ciocci. It, and that, that name jumps out at you in this category. It's another one. I'm sure all they've got at the back of the, uh, of the workshop at, um, of course, uh, one of these kind of locked vaults. And it's kind of, you know, you just, just, you open up the kind of, you know, it's a bit like a police cell. You open up the middle bit, and then you just chuck some raw meat in, and there's a bit of swearing and some basils thrown in as well, because obviously they're Italian. Yeah. And, uh, and eventually they open the door just to crack, and whichever one manages to fight his way out gets the drive. Uh, Marco Ciocci is, is just one of those guys that time and time and time again is strapped into a Ferrari. And comes back, uh, you know, having absolutely destroyed um, the, the target lap time. And I think the 63 car with Giorgio Roda and Ilya Meldikov uh, is going to be mm. another one to watch. Uh, interesting entry for TDS Racing. They've got mm. a GT3 BMW here. They do. Alongside the, their Oracle, we'll come to talk about later in the show, John, there's a GT3 BMW. Now, interesting, I think, on a couple of counts. One is the driver squad. We'll talk about that in a moment. Two is that the BMW didn't really have the uh, the look of the BOP draw, the balance performance draw last yeah. year, uh, which is one of the reasons, by the way, I think we've got a limited amount of cars and variety this year is because the balance of performance probably wasn't what it should have been. So no Audis and uh, no, no, McLarens uh, either. no McLarens and just the one BMW here. But the standout name for me here, Frank Pereira, yeah. who is a very talented driver indeed. And let's not forget Dino Lonardi yes. uh, has been a race winner in FI GT3 and ADAC GT Masters champion in, if I recall correctly, in Alpina mm-hmm. um, just two or three years ago. Uh, but it's been very quick in a range of GT3 machinery, including Corvettes. Um, and here he is in another uh, big front-engined GT3 car. So I think that one is going to be one to watch, John. So keep uh, a weather eye on the rather pretty-looking uh, TDS BMW. Uh, new name for me, but a very pretty car. And why am I not going to like anything that's red, white and black as a Sunderland supporter? Massive motorsport. What's what's this all about? There's some big names in there. It's new. Uh, it's shiny. And it's from Denmark. We do like those things, <laughs> don't we? Um, and it's uh, it's a uh, Aston Martin V12 Vantage GT3. Nothing wrong with that. And again, fan favourite as the thing blasts by with that glorious V12 howl. Um, and you're quite right. A couple of names that uh, listeners will remember. One that uh, perhaps most won't know, Simon Muller, who is an ex-historic racer. I think most of his racing has been done in a BMW 2002 Ti in historic racing. Classic. Um, 
but uh, stepping up, and it's a big step up for Simon uh, here. But Casper Elgard will certainly be familiar to listeners, as will Christian Poulsen. Christian taking a step back from the FIWEC this year uh, for this or another all-Danish effort. That's the second one we've mentioned so far. Uh, solo Aston Martin in the field uh, in the ELMS, and uh, were, they were beginning to find the feet um, uh, over the couple of days of testing at Paul Ricard, and I wouldn't be at all surprised in Casper Elgard and Christian Poulsen's hands to see this car in the mix as well. So that's that's it's great to see uh, an Aston Martin here. I know that AMR would have liked to have had more of their customers in the LMS this year, but it would seem that the, the call of racing elsewhere has been too strong. There are full season entries, and yep. we expect to see them throughout the uh, the season in the European Le Mans series for their five races of four hours each. At Silverstone, we've uh, we've got a bit of a wild card, or a, at least a, a one off entry, and it's one that immediately the fans will gravitate to. Number one, it's different because it's a Lamborghini, and number two, it's wearing those famous colours again. And number three, it's a Lamborghini, <laughs> and, uh, and it's got a V10 howl, and it's just just utterly fabulous. So what have we got there? It's the third man we talked about from Gulf Racing UK that will be in the, the WEC race uh, in the weekend as well, alongside Stuart Hall and Francesco Castellacci. It's Roald Goethe, the, uh, the enthusiast enthusiast, and um, his fabulous collection of Gulf uh, liveried race cars, looked after by the father of one of the other drivers, uh, because uh, one of the other drivers is Archie Hamilton. Yep. And, uh, of course, he's the grandson of the, the famous Duncan Hamilton, and uh, the Rothko collection is looked after by Archie's father. Uh, but joining those two will be Dan Brown. Daniel Brown is listed here. And this is a car, John, that we've seen in GT3 racing around the planet in recent years. And in cultured hands can still be a very rapid um, you know, car indeed. Yes. Here, my feeling is that it's here to actually help Roald Goethe to get a bit more track time at Silverstone uh, around his WEC commitments. Um, I, th- I believe he really does like driving this Lamborghini as well. It's a car he's comfortable with. And why wouldn't you, therefore, uh, use a car you're comfortable with on a track that perhaps you need a little bit more time ahead uh, of a world championship race the following day? Uh, it completes a, a grid of six, which is, you know, neat and tidy, perhaps a little more compact than probably we'd like. Uh, but uh, enough variety there, I think, to keep keep us entertained and to keep uh, you know the commentators busy and uh, and the crowds trackside. Uh, you know, playing the close your eyes and get, guess which GT car uh, <laughs> is going by game, which is always one I enjoy during a three, four, or six hour race. I I do think we might see um, if everything goes well, one or two extra wild card entries in GTC, particularly by the end of the season, because I think there's one or two people out there who, as you rightly said, Graham, were a little bit nonplussed last year about the potential of the BOP uh, as it uh, filtered down. And basically, if you didn't have a Ferrari uh, or an Aston Martin, possibly a Porsche, then you weren't going to be involved. But it would be nice to see, I think, uh, a, um, an Audi or two, a McLaren or two. And we've got some new Audis coming out later on in the year. And I just wonder if in one of the later races or perhaps the last round of the year we might see a brand new uh, Audi in the hands of one of the customers or a McLaren or two at some stage in the season. I'm I'm not saying it would definitely happen, but I think there's there's half a chance of that. But GT Racing has never looked any better, quite clearly, uh, on the European stage, and that's good news. But, of course, 
if we're talking about the ELMS, and we are, because this is our 2015 European Le Mans series preview on RadioLeMans.com with Graham Goodwin from DailySportsCar.com and me, John Hindhoff, then we are going to be talking about prototypes and, for the first time in a very long time, a brand new prototype category with five cars. This is LMP3. Uh, it is a... Uh, a, a uh, a formula that uh, allows open chassis manufacture. It has a specified engine and gearbox. Uh, now, as it happens, it's also got spec Michelin tyres. Um, but it just so happens that Ginetta have beaten everybody to the punch. We're expecting to see, I think, the Leisure, the on-road car, coming out later in the season. But for the moment, five Ginetta Nissans uh, in this category, fantastic stuff. We expect to see them all at Silverstone? We hope to see them all. In fact, it'd be more than five by the time we get to Imola. There'll be at least six and possibly more than that uh, because this uh, does look set to be one of the most successful prototype launches ever uh, in its first year with uh, you know potential car sales from Ginetta uh, by the end of this year getting into double figures, I'm mm. told. Not all of which are P3 cars, one or two of the, the, the kind of the truck, the, the track cars, yeah. uh, but at least one of the teams that we hope to see at Silverstone doubling up with a second car uh, by the end of the year. Whether or not we'll see them race, we don't know yet. I hope that by the time we get there that we'll see all five. And I hope that if the guys at Ginetta are actually listening uh, to the show, they've not picked up a cup of tea. Put it down, boys. Pick up a spanner. Finish a car. <laughs> because it is going to be that tight. Um, I was supposed to be going up there this week to do an inside story, and they're just too busy. They're to, too busy. To, to do that. Uh, yep. Why is this taken off? Before we talk about the entries, why is it captured pe- people's imagination? I'll throw my two penneth in. I think it's a fabulous looking car. It is a fabulous looking car. And if anything, it's one of those rare things, John. It's a car that looks better than its initial rendering did. Mm. And uh, I know when I first saw the thing in the carbon in the uh, pit lane at Paul Ricard, it was that kind of that just looks right. We expected, I think I expected something that looked a little bit kind of CN Coupe gawky. Yeah. Uh, so a kind of a... But it's chassis. not, Graham. The proportions are perfect. You know what? In, I think in certain colour schemes, you will do well to actually pick this out as being a P3 rather than a P2 car. It is that good looking. And, well, actually, uh, I'm going to go further than that. I think they look like mini P1 cars rather than mini P2 cars. Because if you look at the proportion of the frontal area, the sort of styling that they've got, the swan neck uh, for the rear wings and how the bodywork works around the side, and particularly the greenhouse area, I do think they look like slightly smaller P1 cars rather than rehashed P2 cars. And actually none the worse for that. You know, you might well be right. Very clean air on these cars, mm. flat bottom cars too. Uh, and when they finally get these things sorted, and let, let's remember, let, remind listeners, baby steps here for P3. Uh, this has got a way to go. These will be very, very new cars that you're seeing at Silverstone. There will, will, will only have been one or two of them that have done anything other than a shakedown uh, before they, they uh, hit the track at Silverstone. One major change we should re- uh, let uh, listeners know about is that uh, the regulation has been changed. So it will be four out of five rounds will be point scoring for ah. p3 because of the supply issues that have been had here but this you know baby steps in one way giant leap in another way because this is something very it's brand new if you're at silverstone you're seeing history mm-hmm. and that's a great great place to be uh, as for the teams involved with the uh, the famous five that we're going to see uh, the first two cars from the factory team team lnt mike simpson the factory driver 
at Ginetta and a regular partner to uh, Lawrence Tomlinson when he goes racing. But Lawrence Tomlinson himself will not be racing this weekend uh, because in the number two car alongside Mike will be Gaetan Palatu, uh, who is the latest European winner of the Nissan GT Academy. Yes. And great things are expected of this young man. I'll say no more than that. But well, I remember. In, be a name. I remember interviewing him, Graham, after he had won the final. He has a little bit of racing experience, quite unusual for a GT uh, Academy graduate. Um, he raced uh, what the French called Mijets. Oh, Mijets, yes. Yeah, which uh, we would call legends, uh, and he did so with some verve, and he's impressed everybody who's seen him. Uh, in the second of the LNT cars, Chris Hoy and Charlie Robertson. There is a strong Nissan influence. On obviously Chris Hoy and Gaetan Paletto, but they're not factory cars. That's uh, that's not permitted. But I nope. I think both of those, and effectively you've got a, a Scuderia Scotland, haven't you, with uh, Chris Hoy and Charlie Robertson uh, together. Um, those both of those two cars are certainly very interesting. But in fact, when you go through the teams, the University of Bolton, which is effectively the uh, the RLR guys, isn't it? It's Rob yep, Garafal again. Absolutely, it's going to be Rob Garafal, the favoured guy from Nick Reynolds and Co, and Jens Petersen, who John. You might remember in P2 and indeed in GT cars that are on series in recent years is having a look at that not signed up for the full year yet but yeah. taking a look and if he enjoys that who knows Lannan Racing though the number 11 car I think is one to savour mm. Alex Craven had a bit of a go in the car at the test at Paul Ricard Charlie Hollings we'll all uh, know from GT Racing and also he's had a bit of a go at, from, from what I can recall in a P1 car in Royal 10 as well so that's two guys in this grid that have done that and Joey Foster uh, ex-Embassy Racing and single-seater star Joey of course and uh, that I think is a crew to watch that will be a very very new car I think we may see some changes by the way in P3 before we get uh, to the end of this season in terms of regulations. I think there's all sorts of uh, number crunching to be done about what it takes to actually get to a, a car to the cost cap and mm. indeed to anything like the kind of weight limit that the cars are designed to. So keep an eye for that later in the okay. year. Uh, but, uh, you know, Janetta doing, I think, a great service to ACO Rules Racing and uh, providing a very large Yorkshire flag uh, as a standard bearer for what I think is going to be an important class, not just in Europe, but beyond that. Final call, by the way. Team North. Team Uh, North. Yes, SVK uh, by Space Factory. Somebody, uh, the Spanish... Um, uh, again, this is another very interesting livery which has red, white and black as its major uh, component colours. I know nothing about them whatsoever. Very little myself. I had a quick word with a couple of the guys because they were another team that actually had a bit of a play in the car. The car went so well at uh, Paul Ricard that they did actually find time to pop a couple of drivers in from a couple of their customer teams late in the day in the second day there. Um, this is a team with serious intent. This is a team that has ordered a second car and indeed a third. The really? third car will be one of the track cars, uh, so not full LMP3 uh, spec, but to give people the opportunity to try the car out before they commit to a full LMP3 uh, programme. So I think this is a, if, if the plans go well here, this is a team we could be hearing an awful lot more about as things go forward. So let's keep an eye on it. Um, I think, you know, we're going to see, as I say, baby steps. I expect to see you know, some of these cars plug around, but perhaps not at the kind of pace we're expecting. But when these cars are up to pace, John, I would expect if you've had trouble 
in your race as an LMP2, you're going to have a Ginetta Nissan or two snapping at your heels. Yeah. No, no, abso- absolutely agree. Very well designed, very, uh, very interesting little package, those cars. And just because they're their junior formula doesn't mean that they are lacking in speed, in technology, or indeed in safety either. We should say that straight away. Have I heard as well that, uh, if, I, if I know nothing about SVK, I have heard about Scuderia Veloba Corsa in the past. They weren't meant to be coming on stream until next year, but did I hear somewhere, it was probably on your website, that <laughs> uh, that they were thinking about possibly jumping in later on in the season? They'll be at Imola. Uh, oh. they, they're quite right, John. They'll be at Imola. They have uh, jumped up the order queue a little with delays for a couple of the programmes. There'll be another couple of teams taking delivery cars later than they initially uh, wanted to, but uh, have delayed their plans uh, to get the commercials right. But Scuderia Veloba Corsa, uh, initially a 2016 outing due for them, but they will join the championship at Excellent. Imola. And, of course, what that means is that uh, they'll be full championship contenders, of course, because yep. uh, we'll be four out of five rounds will actually count. Uh, let's move on to P2. Uh, we've got 11 listed for Silverstone. And before we talk about the, the 11 that we've got, we've got to talk about one that we don't have because the um, Algarve Pro Racing Ligier Nissan was absent uh, uh, at the pre-season, or was at the pre-season test here, but isn't coming. Now, that was the XTDS car, wasn't it? It was. It looks great. It's uh, kind of sky blue and white. looks a little bit like... Uh, so what's, what's happened? Saying? Well... <sighs> I think it depends on who you ask is a straight answer. Lots of noise coming from uh, the squad. Not happy at all about the machinations in LMP2 for the future. Oh, there. really? Uh, but uh, more recent comments out of the team said that they may well be back. I hope so, because it's a quick car and it can run very well. They, uh, I believe, have only got one driver committed for the season so far. But uh, I hope we do get them back. Uh, you know, Alicia is a pretty thing. And this one in particular... Particularly is pretty is, is pretty pretty, um, and it would be good to have. Well, it's a returning team because, of course, Algar Pro we've seen before in the European Le Mans series in an NPC Orica of all things, and uh, this just goes to show that uh, the, the step up can be made to P two. Uh, let's hope they make it back. Um, and that we don't have, you know, that whatever we hear, by the way, at Silverstone around P2 mm. helps get them some sucker for the future. Yes, um, we will hear more about the proposed proposals uh, at Silverstone, <laughs> and you'll hear all about that, of course, during our broadcast live from Silverstone from Friday onwards. So the 11 that we've got, um, and we should mention, of course, there's still a tyre war here. It's seven Dunlops versus four Michelins. It is open chassis still. It's still open uh, engine still, although there's only a single uh, V8 Judd amongst uh, 10 uh, Nismo Nissan V8s. But I'm not sure there's a team that comes here without some change and mostly significant changes from what they ran in 2014, Graham. I think you're entirely right. I don't think there's a single one amongst the 11 that hasn't got something we can point to and <laughs> talk about, which is a great thing for a commentator, of course. Um, something we can point to as being different from where we arrived last year, and that means new teams, new drivers, new engines, new chassis, uh, new colours, which is, I think, one of the things I'll say here, and I'm, I'll say it again when we get to the WC review, uh, preview programme, John, is big step forward in terms of just how colourful and how attractive the grid looks this mm. year. 
um, and in particular in the WEC. But uh, people have basically got their crayons out and uh, have done a, a darn good job, I think. Uh, and we're going to see some very pretty cars indeed this year. Vinyl wrapping has uh, a lot to answer for, and it's almost all uh, positive. Uh, right, let's let's start with SMP, who aren't at least aren't SMP anymore, and they don't have their new coupes for Silverstone. Not yet. Uh, those cars were out and testing. At least one of them was out and testing. Looks uh, just very after purposeful. It doesn't. It just uh, when we just uh, came away from the uh, the WC prologue, John. As you drove away, you quite possibly saw the truck waiting to come in. Yeah, that had the first of the completed cars aboard. And these are the BR ones. Testing. They're called, aren't they? That's correct. Boris Rotenberg Engineering, yeah. and uh, that name is the reason why we've seen any, uh, a change in the team name. Was SMP Racing as a publicised uh, outfit, is no more on uh, ACO uh, Rules Racing, although you will see SMP Racing on the flanks of some of the AF Corsa cars. Uh, but the entry is now AF Corsa. Uh, the irony is that I don't believe AF Corsa are running those cars. I think this is actually, the P2 effort is actually running out of SMP Racing's new base close to Monaco. Um, and uh, we will be seeing for Silverstone at least the two Orica 03Rs right. that um, that competed in the WC last so season. So why no SMP racing then? If they've still got SMP Bank's name on the cars and some other cars as well, um, we saw some at the prologue, in fact. Some of the Ferraris had SMP uh, racing down the side, referring to the bank as a sponsor. So why no SMP racing then? Well, it's uh, I think the straight answer, and it's most will be blunt as anything, is it's sanctions. Uh, Boris Rotenberg is a named individual in the current US trade sanctions uh, that resulted from uh, Russia's actions in the Ukraine. And uh, Boris uh, and his the associated companies, one of which, of course, is SMP Bank, um, are specifically named in those trade sanctions. What that means is that US-owned companies cannot do business with those companies. And what, where that affected the team in particular is we might well have seen another um, GTC Ferrari at some point here, but they're not able to provide them with tyres because it's Goodyear Dunlop, Goodyear being a US-owned company, they cannot ah. do that. So um, certainly shouldn't affect them with Michelin tyres, as far as I'm aware, but I think what we're, we're seeing at the moment is some movements to actually prevent future issues here for the team. I think that's why we've actually got uh, AF Corsa on the flanks of the cars and indeed as the official entrant. And everything's changed. Uh, I mean, the, the running numbers have changed too, so uh, that has completely changed. What I don't know yet is whether or not that might have any material effect on the Le Mans entry, because of course that ah. will be a change in the entrance and that, as far as I can recall is not permitted. Yeah, It's 32 and 34 um, Michael uh, Aleshin and uh, the Ladigin brothers are in the 34 uh, and we've uh, got a new name with Mediani and Mianassian, but clearly the 32 car is brought to you by the letter M. It is indeed, and uh, the one to watch, by the way, in the 34 car is going to be Alicia, and he is a yeah. very quick boy indeed, IndyCar, uh, with the SMP racing team, and I can recall seeing Miguel uh, racing in uh, Formula Renault 3.5 and, and being very quick indeed, a front-running man. Uh, David Markasov stepping up to the prototype squad alongside Rizzi Mediani, who I know impressed uh, both you and I last year, John, mm. uh, and Nick Minas, you'd never heard of him, he's, I don't know what he's done before, um, but uh, some, some bloke who lives in central England and you French, know, apparently. French. No, he's, he's been, he has he has lived in England now more than he lived in France. He has for, for a considerable time longer now. 
joking aside, I think uh, well, if anybody with 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 fire in the belly and a soul and a soul would, would just loves the attitude of Nick Minazzi and one of the nicest guys in the paddock. Um, let's rattle through the others. Pegasus. Now, this thing with a Morgan, or at least it says it's a Morgan, does that mean they haven't done the update package, Graham? To They've that? not done the update package. They're not going for a coupe. They actually have two Morgan chassis in the workshop. Uh, they've got deals to run this one uh, for the time being. Uh, they've not taken the Morgan Evo update package, which we'll come to talk a little bit more about with the WEC. Um, and they are another one with a bit of a change in the look of the driver squad, still the kind of the uh, the light blue car that uh, listeners will be familiar with. Uh, Leo Rissell returns. David Cheng uh, tested yeah. and will race the car at Silverstone, as will John O'Coleman, British driver, who has seen Ooh. some outings in LMP2 machinery uh, in the ELMS previously. Did he race for RLR? He, did he race for RLR? He certainly raced for Boots and Ginny on it. Uh, but yes, sorry, yes. Uh, yep. but, but certainly John O'Coleman, I can recall, back in the day when Team LNT ran TVRs, uh, running those cars uh, in the days where those things were kind of a copper colour. Yes. So John O'Coleman, been around a while, and uh, knows his way around a racetrack, and the, this team will do a solid job. This, I, I, I think, will be a team that will rely on its consistency rather than its outright pace. We've got a couple of entrants into the top class of ELMS, which is, of course, P2, who have come from other championships, notably, uh, and first of all, is the 33 car. This is another Orica O3R, and that's uh, coming from the Asian Le Mans series. It has, Mark Goddard's Or at least the entry has. The, the car is solidly got European uh, uh, lineage, has it not? It has uh, the uh, this is uh, Mark Goddard, who's uh, you know we know from way way back back mm. in TVR Tuscan Challenge days before he moved out to oh, Asia. You've got a good memory, well done. There you go. Uh, but uh, the the car is the ex Sebastian Loeb racing car. Um, Sebastian Loeb's uh, eponymous team now out of LMP2 racing, and but perhaps we might see them back with their the collaboration in LMP3 chassis. But uh, Kevin Poojun Jin uh, is the Asian driver that uh, comes across. And it's great to see a team coming from Asia uh, into Europe. Uh, and Kevin has been a single-seater driver for the team in a... It seems to be the kind of the way in yeah. the Asian series, doesn't it, John? We'll talk about, I know, KCMG a little later. Uh, but uh, that they run multiple programs in multiple series. And alongside him, Nico Pieter de Bruyne, a uh, Dutch guy that I think I'm right, won the Scirocco R Cup. Uh, was it last year? Or the I'll year take before? your word for that. I think he did. And he, <laughs> I have to say, impressed me greatly. He was very quick indeed in okay. this car. Uh, Dunlop tyres on the 33 car. It's an Orica 03R. Nothing wrong with one of those cars. Another pretty uh, car as well. Very distinctive colour scheme. And, uh, and again, that's going to be, I think, a common theme through the uh, through the, the rundown here. But uh, great to see that team around. And let's uh, let's hope they can actually score some, uh, some good finishes and uh, encourage more to do the same. If we're talking about cars with instantly recognisable colour schemes and the next car also coming from uh, a different championship uh, absolutely fits the bill. It's green, it's Crone, it's a coupe and this is Tracy Crone uh, coming in from GTE in WEC. So stepping down in terms of championship but up in terms of machinery, this is a, a Judd-engined Ligier Coupe, the only non-Nissan-engined car in the entry. 
Correct, and it's going to be the final uh, Michelin-tired car we talk about. Pegasus, by the way, uh, cross-tested Dunlops and Michelins and chose to go to the Michelins. Uh, the AF Corsa Oricas will be on Michelins, as will Tracy's new Ligier. It's very, very green. It has I like said. it. I think it looks good in that colour. I oh, saw, yeah, yeah. Of course, I saw it at uh, Sebring. At Sebring uh, you get a on... chance to see it outside the sunshine now. Well, I was going to say, in the sunshine of Florida, it worked very well in the slightly differing light of uh, central... Uh, and Western Europe, it it may not work quite as well, but it's a pretty car, a very distinctive front end with those nostrils, uh, and a car... You're talking about Tracy or the Ligier. I'm talking about the Ligier. Fair enough. Stop it. Uh, and... Obviously, Nick Johnson and Osnegro Jr. Is, are the uh, the three drivers along with Tracy Crone. We're asking a lot of Tracy to step up to a big downforce car. But Tracy on his day, Graham, and we've said this before when he drives GT, if he gets into the groove and if he's not making mistakes, he's actually a decent non-pro driver. It's one of those those things that I find myself saying time and time and time and time again, and I'm terribly sorry, listeners, if you're bored with it, but when Tracy Crone has a good day, he quite often gets pretty close to a podium finish. We've seen it happen at Le Mans before yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, when he has a bad day, it's a very bad day indeed. The difference, I think, this year is I think he actually is far more comfortable in this car than he was uh, towards the end of his time with the Ferrari 458. Really? He's enjoying it. Uh, I was uh, in the team garage when Tracy came uh, in after trying, actually it was one of the Ligier Nissans because they didn't have the their own car. It was still making its way across to across the pond from Sebring. But uh, he was enjoying it. And, you know, uh, at ease with the package, at ease with... Uh, the adjustments that needed to be made. And I hope he has a darn good season. Uh, it's going to be ELMS, uh, some racing in the States and Le Mans. Um, it's a classic programme for a gentleman driver. Absolutely is. Uh, run team here. And, of course, what it means is that he's not doing quite as much travelling as he would do um, with the WEC, which means that he can keep with his business commitments, which, you know, I think will be a common theme yeah. for very many as, as time goes on. And I think that was a big, big uh, influencing factor in him coming to ELMS rather than staying with the, the WEC. Let's rattle through the uh, last of the runners. We've got a couple of Orica Racing O3Rs for Ibanez Racing. Now, these cars have got a bit of history, but if they're O3Rs, they've been updated. But what caught my eye on this is a man that I've seen racing Wolf CN cars and... and uh, P4s, etc. in the past. Ivan Bellarosa is one of the drivers here. This is Ibanez Racing, of course. It is. It's, a, it's an interesting collaboration here. Uh, Ibanez Racing have taken over the two cars that uh, previously owned by ADR Delta and uh, were due to be campaigned throughout last season by the Millennium Racing squad that ADR Delta and Simon Dowson put together. That unfortunately fell foul of commercial woes and the cars made their way to the team at the end of the year. Ibanez Racing, though, have done Le Mans Series before yep. in a Courage some years ago, but good to see them back. Two cars, the 44 car, I think, is the less rapid of the two. That's Michele De La Rosa and Yutaka Yamagishi, uh, named in the 44. But you're right, John, in the 45, uh, the uh, the team owner, Jose Ibanez, Pierre Perret, who was, I think, the first man signed up for this, efforts uh but ivan Bellarosa will be the quick man to watch here it's he and his twin brother run um uh, avalon formula which is the the organization that produces the wolf cn cars and they have plans and very advanced plans they are too for a wolf uh p2 coupe 
uh, dubbed the Tornado. Why? Mm. Because he likes the fighter bomber of the same name. Scary. I kid you not. And uh, that car is, I can tell you, at a wind tunnel stage now in wow. model form and a large amount of money has been spent on that this will be an effort to learn what they can and hope that the regulations ah. turn their way uh, so that car actually uh, does find its way to the track uh, as soon as as soon as next year is what i'm hearing absolutely and, and possibly a little sooner in terms of us seeing a car out and testing wow. but that is going to rely on what we hear about regulations okay. but uh, Belarus in the meantime uh, if, if people are searching around for where they know the name from uh, Ivan was the winner of the Sunoco Daytona Challenge a couple of years ago so of course and uh, so therefore we saw him in a Daytona prototype at uh, the Rolex 24 Hours, as indeed we saw Phil Keane this year. So there's another common factor between two guys on the grid here, uh, two ex-Sunoco Challenge winners on the LMS grid this year. Uh, and he will be as rapid as anybody and more rapid than most on this grid, believe you me. Uh, you're going to see a yellow Orica being flung around <laughs> uh, with abandon uh, at points during this weekend. And when it's uh, when that's happening, it'll be the red uh, and black helmets of Ivan Belarosa that you'll see, I'm sure, in the cockpit in the 45 car. Uh, let's uh, finish off the run through the ELMS P2 field with uh, three teams uh, that are very much close to our uh, hearts here. Uh, four, John. Four teams, four. yeah. <laughs> I've just realised that there's one more on the end. All right, so three teams that are a bit uh, closer to home than Ibanez in spin. Greg Murphy uh, back in the championship with the uh, tried and tested O3R, as you described earlier. Mark Patterson, uh, again, uh, with that squad, with Natalia Berton, who is uber quick, uh, and Michael Lyons in that car as well. Yeah, well, let's go with Mark first. Uh, Mark is a filthy liar. That's all I can tell you about Mark. <laughs> so at the end of the season, again, he's retiring again. It's a lie, wasn't it, Mark? Didn't retire at all. Back again. And uh, he just can't resist it. It's like, uh, what can you say? It's like, you know, when you open a box of chocolates and it keeps drawing you back. Racing's like that for Mark Patterson. Mm. But it's great to have him back. Uh I seldom seen without a smile, and if if as a race fan you ever get a chance to have a chat with Mark, please take it because he's a man with so many tales to tell, and he's an absolute delight to have in any paddock. So a uh, great mix there with uh, with the Murphy Prototypes team. Michael Lyons, um, I think I'm right in saying that Michael Lyons' first ever race was in a historic Formula One car. Yeah, you'd and, probably be right. I've seen him and, drive and the Brookport cars. Race. Yeah, and he won that race. Um, he's another, rapid. Absolutely. Very cheery young man. Delighted to be uh, in this car. And I think he's doing back-to-back this year with, uh, I think it might be Blompan GT as well. Well, the other thing, Graham, is, you know, having driven some of the classic uh, Formula One machinery that he has, he has no fear of downforce because he's driven downforce cars. uh, From day one. Yes, from day one. He's got his head round. And Berton, of course, is is super quick uh, as well. I think he put the fastest time in at Ricard. Um, Another new name on the grid with two teams that, again, we are very well aware of. Uh, This is a Zytec, effectively, but it's now a Gibson technology. it, explain this, Graham, because the Zytec chassis has been upgraded massively this year because it's allowed to be. 
It is. We the, talk the, a lot, don't we, about the, about the cars having to be homologated for a, an amount of time, and that's, in fact, held back some cars, notably the HPD and, and previously the Stracker entry. But here's a case of the car having done its time, if you will. It has indeed. It serves its apprenticeship. Three <laughs> years is the, is, the, is the rule for LMP2. And after three years, you're allowed to do a performance upgrade for these cars. It's what's happened with the Morgan chassis. We'll talk about in the WEC. It's what happened at Le Mans last year for the Orica, so that hence the difference between the Orica 03 and the 03R with the, the much broader fenders at the front of the car. And it's happened this time with Zytec, but it's, it's coincided with the change in the name of the business uh, because Zytec, as we know it, is now a very different company. Uh, more of the assets of that company now uh, hived off and uh, Bill Gibson, who is the man behind Zytec and always has been, uh, an absolute genius is, uh, is Bill, um, it's now got his name above the door, literally, and uh, this is now redubbed the Gibson 015S. You're quite right, John, major aerodynamic upgrades. How major? Well, a car that looks to the untrained eye to be a very similar one uh, was actually some two seconds quicker than last year in uh, in similar conditions in pre-season testing. Uh, but so that's brought the car back up to pace with some of the newer cars. Yes. And two cars, you're quite right, John, two different teams, two, uh, one new livery uh, for one of those cars, and that's Greaves Motorsports, uh, with a very different-looking driver lineup for Greaves this year. Gary Hirsch is the gentleman driver, and uh, little Gary is a quick young man oh, at the wheel of that remember car. Remember from Formula Le Mans? Uh, there you go. Absolutely right. And putting in some cracking times that made you wonder whether or not it was the pro at the wheel at the time. Correct. Bjorn Verheim, uh is did, did Bjorn win GP2 one year? That's a Tim Gray question. He, he, did, go, but he, he was, did very well in it. He did extremely well in it. So a very accomplished single-seater driver has been plying his trade in Japan uh, in recent years, GT300 for the Gainer team, uh, most notably, mm. has driven a Greaves car before because we, we uh, I had, if you remember, John, a couple of years ago, a bit of a dalliance from the Gainer team with LMP2. They didn't yes. quite come off. But they did back the car and entered the car in a WEC round at Fuji and Bjorn was part of that drive lineup. He's in uh, for Silverstone. And completing the lineup, another man with a lot of single-seater uh, pedigree, and indeed with uh, the odd race in LMP2 behind him, is John Lancaster. Yeah. So that is, I think, a team to conjure with, and a very nice-looking uh, white with blue uh, livery that I think lifts the uh, certainly plays the shape of the Gibson. And I think that's uh, that's going to be another one that could well be a fan favourite. The second Gibson, however is, I think, the standout favourite for this race and got to potentially be. for the season. Got to be. Uh, why? Because it's Jota Sport. Uh-huh. Because it's Jota Sport. Um, it's uh, the 38 car, Simon Dolan, one of the quickest and most consistent uh, silver drivers that we have, silver-rated drivers that we have. Um, Simon will not like me reminding him of what happened last year, but so the team led this race last year at a canter. Simon... Minor error and disastrous effect, yep. which saw them chasing uh, back for the remainder of the season and not quite making it. Effectively the cost them the championship, didn't it? Effectively, I mean, he'll did. hate me saying that, but it he did. Will, they did, however. Men, you realise that, yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. However, win Le Mans, so there was uh, a, a little bit of, of consolation there. Quite a bit of consolation. Um, Nick Yellowly was meant to be in this car. He's not. Um, He's not. No. And this is nothing to do with 
driver ratings or any of the no. other things that's been mentioned. This is purely a commercial. Commercials. It's yeah, commercials. Okay. But what it leaves us with, John, is something pretty extraordinary. And it's not unique because we'll have this situation when we talk about the WEC as well, which is a car in LMP2 that features two drivers, both of whom are factory drivers in LMP1, but for mm. different factories. Mm. Uh, the first of them is Felipe Albuquerque. Coming back, yeah. Coming back, uh, Audi driver, of course, in the third car for Spa and Le Mans. Uh, for this season and joining them as a late replacement for Nick Yilly is um, the other guy who was in the car for last season and it's Harry Tinknell uh, Nissan factory driver of course I'm told impressing greatly in testing yeah. for uh, for Nissan but uh, Harry rejoining and being delighted to do so as well I think Harry much as he's relishing his time in P1 he sees this as unfinished business oh yeah and uh, he was I think it's fair to say extraordinary last year i mean you, we talk don't we glibly sometimes of head-turning performances i'll point to the jury towards the evidence placed before them of qualifying last year at silverstone and do i seem to recall that harry was 1.1 seconds faster than anybody it was 1.3 actually oh, yeah it was certainly goodness. over uh, a second uh, and i agree with you uh, he has that ability to drive a car at the very edge of its performance envelope without the car looking happy and that to me is a real talent and I and I think he is looking forward to this I've spoken to him a couple of times uh, and to Felipe Felipe is, is really looking forward to getting oh, yeah. back to this and Simon you know Simon is a massive enthusiast yes they are probably the pre-season favourites but they've got to have a clean year because there's plenty of people nipping at their heels not least the champions from last year, the Tirier by TDS racing team. Uh, this is Pierre Tirier and Ludo Badi and Tristan Gomedy. Now, I, I hate correcting you, John, but you're not going to believe it. It was three years ago when they were champions. No, it, it was. was no, it was. was, it? It, was it? it was three years ago. We had the LP in the last two years. Of course it was, yes. We've had them very close the last two years, but uh, but they've they've had an extraordinary journey. You'll recall, I'm sure, that last race of the season two years ago where they could, should have won it, had a problem and put the car into the wrong garage. Uh, yeah. Didn't take it beyond the wall, put it in the garage. Uh, and, yeah. bay and got a heavy penalty as a result. But in the time that we've seen this team in the championship, this is now their fourth different chassis. Uh, they've been through the Orica 03. They went with a Morgan chassis for the start of last season, moved across the Ligier when it was available. That, I'm afraid, they believe let them down. It's the car mm. that should have been here with Algar Pro. And here they are with a stunning-looking new Orica 05, the car based on the Rebellion R1 chassis, the only 05 uh, coupe in the European Le Mans series. And it looks a weapon. Uh, yes. Uh, that's just about it for us going through. Why, why have Alpine disappeared too? Then Alpine disappeared too, the defending champions? You'll be talking about them in about two minutes time because we're going to be talking about the 36 car um, as part now of the WEC. Uh, I'm going to ask you rather unfairly for some predictions. Um, I, I I'm not going to ask you for every class, could it be unfair, but I'm going to ask you about the two main classes. Uh, that would be a GT, uh, GTLM, GTE, uh, and LMP. Um, if you said Ferrari in GTL, uh, GTLM, GTE, um, I, I wouldn't knock you back uh, on that. Is it anybody other than an AF Corsa Ferrari? Well, I think it's going to be potentially between two cars in, uh, in GTE if things go to plan and uh, I think I'd love to see 
the 55 card do it because I think they were robbed last year. Mm, I agree. Um, but, I agree. Uh, but I think they might be up against a stiff challenge from that uh, Mark VDS uh, BMW. I think that could be a season-long battle, and I'm I hope it is. To it greatly. Absolutely, I think we're all hoping it is. And in P2? In, in P2, I think we're going to see two or three teams performing very strongly. I think that Greaves team looks a very good one. I think the uh, the TDS, by Tyria by TDS, Oracle looks a very good one. I think we've got a couple of other strong squads. But I genuinely can't look beyond that um, powerhouse of a Jota Sports squad. Um, you know, with uh, with Harry Tinkle on board for the year, with Philippe Albuquerque on board for the year, with Simon Dolan more pumped up than, than we've Ever. seen even even this point, yeah. and with uh, you know an upgraded chassis, uh, I think if they can keep the thing you know on the road and reliable, which they've always done magnificently well, if we don't have incident and accidents, uh, I think it's going to take an extraordinary effort to stop them from actually you know, ticking off the box they'd most like to tick, which is the European Le Mans series. Graham Goodwin is the editor of dailysportscar.com but the ELMS is live throughout the season here on RadioLamont.com starting at Silverstone with extended live coverage. Graham, thanks very much and I'm John Heindorf. Uh, there's no time to explain. The Llamas getting very excited indeed. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.